Welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. I am your host, Victoria Lynn. This week, we are joined by Ibby Dixon, a mentorship advocate, co-founder of the Alabama Mentoring Initiative, and your Miss Historic Springville 2024. Ibby, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm truly thrilled to have you. Um, but before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh my gosh. Well, the first thing I'll say is I'm already obsessed with you and everything that you're doing. And I hope that, um, you know, this podcast is you know, going to be great. And I hope the audience um, really is inspired by our messages um, here, but um, really just about myself. I'm currently at the University of Alabama. So I just graduated this past May and I'm a master's student in public administration. So um, that's all nonprofit work and governmental affairs and everything that I just love. Um, so I'm really living out my dream and I'm really excited about that. And I got to do that through the Miss Alabama organization. It's completely paid for my you know, scholarships, my, my college, everything. So um, truly a testament to the program. Uh, but yeah, I started about seven, seven going on eight years ago, a program called Mentoring Matters, and it's a campaign um, to increase the amount of mentoring relationships for Alabama's youth. And so I've done that in a variety of different ways. And just um, this past year, it actually developed into a nonprofit with my dad. And so um, I really love the emphasis on co-founder because I think it's such a collaboration with people. It's not just, you know, me, myself, and I, it's something that my family really believes in, and that is mentoring youth and the power of mentorship. So um, it developed so much over the past few years that my dad and I took it a step further and we decided to make it a nonprofit. So we create programs. Um, we mentor, and I hate the word, but at-risk youth. And we look at ways to be able to do that. Um, and we also just really raise awareness on intergenerational mentorship and the power that um, really um, exhibits from that and how we can uh, improve our society through mentorship. It's a variety of different things. So um, and I'm just so excited. It's an awesome program. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. Alabama, I think, has a special place in every pageant girl's heart, um, especially here in the Miss America organization. My baby cousin was Miss Pennsylvania's teen in 2017 and is now going to Alabama on a full ride to be a nurse. So we love Alabama. We love our Alabama girls. So I'm thrilled that you're here. Uh, but this week, we're going to focus on Sustainable Development Goal 4, which if I'm thinking back, I don't think we've talked at all about this season. I know we covered it a lot during season one. So I'm thrilled to finally being able to have the opportunity to finally talk about it this season. Um, but usually when we discuss this goal, we're talking about literacy or other educational focused topics. This week, we're going to be looking at this goal through the lens of leadership and mentorship and the way that it impacts the relationship between a mentor and their mentee. So Ivy, what inspired you to really choose mentorship as your community service initiative for the Miss America organization? Well, it's such a, a developing story. It really is. But I mean, I grew up with a father who uh, really had an aggressive opioid addiction. Um, and so it is a, a, a testament to our family story. But um, when I was about nine years old, he went from, you know, having that opioid addiction for the majority of my life. And then one night uh, we went to a church camp and he was brand new the next day. Um, he was completely a different dad. He was um, truly my best friend ever, every single day after that. And I completely changed in that moment. So um, I really like to say that my life, it felt like it started after that day. And I think that's just a, um, an example of how powerful it is of the adults you have in your life, of what can happen when you do have them, when you don't have them. And who are those people when you don't have, you know, parents or guardians or those um, mentors that usually, you know, kids naturally have. And so um, all throughout me growing up, I had just 
ladies at my church, um, a community of mentors um, that really just raised me along with my mom. And it, I just absolutely fell in love with the idea of mentorship because I impacted, I was impacted by it so much. Um, so at nine years old, yeah, that's when my life changed. And when I was about 14 or 15, I started to realize that not every single kid in my school um, had access to the mentors that I did. You know, they didn't have a lady telling me to you know, sit up straight or, um, to, you know, meet me at a coffee and, you know, talk about what classes I'm taking. And that's when I started my first mentoring program. It was called Sister for Sister. And about 600 women have gone through it uh, to this day. And so I developed it when I was a junior in high school. We've had around 50 to 100 girls go through it every single year. And that was really the beginning of it all. And I've just developed such a passion for it. So that was really the start of it. I think it's so cool to see how mentorship has obviously impacted your life. And then we are obviously a part of an organization where mentorship is huge. You know, I think the miss and teen relationship is so so important. When I was a teen, I didn't really get that same relationship with my miss. And so I agree. I think it's so important to be that role model for people now and, and to guide however you possibly can. Um, but how is your involvement in your mentor mentorship program or just as a mentor in general, you know, impacted your own personal growth and maybe your understanding of what your community needs? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, just tremendously. So I have different mentors all across my life. So I had mentors in my hometown. I have mentors here in college and, um, it's something that, you know, you need throughout every area of your life and in different ways. So I have mentors that are with me in my work, you know, and that are advocating for me in a work atmosphere that's saying, hey, like there's this job opening, like we think you should, you know, look at it or, you know, check it out. I'm going to talk to so-and-so, you know, that is a type of mentorship that we really need in the workforce today. Um, there's a type of mentorship where I go to someone if I'm struggling with a friendship or um, if I'm, you know, in a really bad place. And so there's these different types of mentors that have just affected me. And then there's the mentors in the Miss America organization that every single year, maybe when the outcome was not how I wanted it to be, they were the ones saying, you can do it again. You can do it. Like we believe in you and we want you to believe in yourself. And that is so powerful. So um, that is really what um, has sustained me in the Miss America organization, but how it's affected uh, my community is uh, what I do in my mentoring matters platform and the Alabama mentoring initiative is pretty much, I take what the community needs. Um, so for example, central high school is located a five minute drive from the University of Alabama. And I looked at the, some of the problems that it was facing. And one of the biggest problems was um, it had one of the largest success gaps in children uh, between white and black students in the US. Um, and one way that we found out to really uh, support them and get them involved in adult life and um, just to create that uh, mentoring and, you know, decrease that gap was through civic engagement. So we did a six-week civic engagement course with a nonprofit nearby. Uh, we gathered college students to go to um, Central High School and really decrease that gap of mentoring and also increase their knowledge of civic engagement um, to combat two different, you know, issues there. So um, mentoring has just taught me a lot about myself and my leadership to be able to implement those programs. So tell us about the Alabama Mentoring Initiative. 
Yeah. It started in January this past year. I was uh, Miss University of Alabama last year before I became Miss Historic Spring Bowl. And I was uh, given a contact of a woman named Haley out of Florida. And we just got on a phone call. And really, she started this nonprofit organization called The Verb Kind. Um, the Instagram handle is come to jail with me. Okay. So it's, <laughs> I mean, that is the basis of what we're doing. So I was like, what is this? Um, but she invited me to go to the Tuscaloosa Juvenile Detention Center in January and mentor um, the youth that are there. And I went for a couple of times and absolutely just fell in love with what we were doing, what the mission was. And I invited my dad to share his a testimony, to share his story of, of redemption, of hope, of, um, you know, there is life beyond the walls where you are right now. And um, he fell in love with it, too. And I talked with a student, with a youth, uh, with a kid there. And he was saying that his father had also uh, dealt with an opioid addiction, with a drug addiction. And in that moment, there was a connection between me and this kid. We were, uh, he was just about a few years younger than me. And I knew that there was a difference. His father ended up not, you know, defeating that drug addiction and mine did. And so that really just honed in our focus of um, really just hoping for the best for the youth in the juvenile detention center. And so um, we contacted some people, started playing around with some things. And that's why we're focused on, you know, youth in the system, but also youth out of the system. And so we focus on what happens when they re-enter back into communities? You know, do they have that community support? Do you do they have those mentors that are going to be able to meet with them once a week or, you know, be their guide? So that's what we're really focusing on. And it's difficult because you're dealing with the law, you're dealing with the justice system, but we're able to do it through a variety of different collaborations and nonprofits. So I think that's just incredible. I mean, it, it kind of perfectly rolls into my next question, which is, you know, how we live in a world where unfortunately certain racial groups and, and diversity is an, is unfortunately an issue for some people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's odd to think of that somebody's skin color can negatively impact the experience that they have in this world. But unfortunately it is the reality that we live in. So how do you ensure as a mentor, inclusivity and diversity is a part of the program that you're catering to. And, you know, how are you able to then meet those needs of these diverse groups? One of the biggest ways we do that is we we don't assume anything of anybody. And I think that's something that can be really difficult. But when you're implementing programs, when you're bringing mentors in to um, really just guide youth in a variety of different ways, you have to understand that there are no pre-assumptions. You're not assuming any type of situation of someone. You're not thinking that they need a mentor. Um, you know, you are not the Lord and Savior. And I think that is something that we can lose sight of sometimes is thinking that we're going to fix the, this kid's like all of their problems. And that's not going to be the case. Um, and I think that's just so um, that's really important that we need to focus on. And so anytime that I'm training mentors into going into juvenile detention centers or schools or after school programs, it's all about the fact that you are there to, you know, add to their life. Um, to hopefully benefit, be of benefit in some way or another, but you, you're not fixing their life ultimately, but like you are helping them do that. You know, you are supporting them. You are their advocate, um, but you're not going to be the, you, you could be, but you're not going to immediately like turn a switch and then boom, you know, they're an angel. So um, that is not the case. So just making sure that there are no assumptions um, going into beforehand and they're meeting every single kid where they are. That is so important. 
I love that the equity that comes with being a leader, being a mentor is mm-hmm. so important. And I, and I'm so glad to see that there are programs and especially a program that kind of captures that idea of exactly that meeting people where they are. So tell me about some of these organizations that you've partnered with and how they've been able to impact and help further your message. Oh gosh. So, um, with the verb kind, they were tremendous in our partnership with creating the Alabama mentoring initiative with just creating our contacts. Um, but a big opportunity has arisen with really with safe family services. They are a nonprofit family resource center in central Alabama. Um, and they have created, uh, this planning grant, um, really. And they just got approved by our state Congress to um, be able to use funds. And they have up to $17 million in, in grant money to be able to uh, work in a variety of different programs. And we're a part of one of these programs, which is huge. Um, but creating a, um, framework for mentoring in the state of Alabama and how we are going to, you know, use a pilot project in one community and expand off of that. So my dad and I, this is our biggest project right now is um, creating just a generic good framework for the state of Alabama across a variety of different age groups and then having those different pilot programs. So we're doing a mentoring summit um, in December, uh, bringing in nonprofits and different entities and agencies together to say and pitch it to them and say, who wants to take this on as our pilot and then um, start rolling out in 2024. So um, that is pretty much our biggest project that I have been able to do um, thus far. I've done mentoring programs at different schools, you know, here and there and, you know, I've implemented different organizations, but this is taking it from scratch and saying, this is beneficial. We know it can work in the workplace. We know it can work in after-school programs um, and workforce development. That's a key word in the state of Alabama right now. Um, And this is how we're going to expand. So um, that's a really cool project. I mean, it's three years really looking ahead into the future. And, you know, planting that seed now um, is what I'm really looking forward to. That's awesome. It's, It's super cool to see that there is stages to this. And obviously, I think one of the big things for me, and I think for a lot of people in the Miss America organization or things that people assume about us is that we are just passionate about these things for the sole purpose of being passionate about something for Miss America. And it's really awesome to see. I'm huge into sustainability. It's been a part of my life since I was a little girl. And it's something I'm going to continue to promote well after my time in the Miss America organization is done. And so it's really awesome to see the way that you're kind of building, not just a foundation, but the building blocks that are going to help other people set that foundation to be able to continue mentorship long after your time in the Miss Alabama organization is done. But speaking of the Miss Alabama organization, so talk to me about what your journey into the Miss America organization has been like, what led you to compete for Miss America? Oh, it was mentors. And so it was, it's such a full circle moment, but I had older girls in my community who uh, saw my potential and they told me to compete at Miss Alabama's team. So uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, you've been competing, you know, for uh, what, seven years, 11 years, 11 years, 11 years. Okay. So I think this is my 10th year in the program, I think, I'm thinking, my math might be not math incorrectly, but um, yeah, I mean, they took me aside and they said I would, would, they would think that I would do really well and I could benefit from the scholarship monies and the personal uh, development and everything. So um, they were like my older sisters. And we also had the state pageant. So the Miss Alabama's team pageant was in my small town of Sylacauga, Alabama, which made no sense. (laughs) Um, You know, we had bigger cities like Birmingham and Huntsville and everything, but the program uh, started out of my community. So we're a big pageant community. We had a a woman named Scarlett Dupree, who was uh, Miss Alabama and first runner up at Miss America and helped 
helped, you know, start that Miss Alabama's teen program. And she was from Sylacauga. So my family all knew her and everything. So um, it was just people who encouraged me to do it. And I did it at 12 years old. I completely bombed everything, everything in there. Yeah. Could not see above the podium in my interview. I was so short. I mean, just terrible. So I told my mom, I was like, let me give it a, a little bit. And so I gave it a year and came back at 14 and won my first title. And I've been competing ever since. And I've loved every single bit of it. It has grown me in so many different ways. I love that. I have a very similar experience where I've competed and had absolutely no what I no idea what I was doing. And it's taken me 11 years to get to where I am and be the person that yeah. I am. And hopefully somehow, some way in that have found some success. If I've been able to impact one person and I've done my job, but what comes next for you in your Miss America journey? So I'm Miss Historic Spring Bowl right now, and I'll compete for Miss Alabama in June or maybe July. They haven't really said the dates, but usually it's, you know, June going into July. But I mean, I'm just looking at this more than likely is going to be my last year. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm looking towards being the best, absolute, not even the best version of myself. I'm looking to be Ibby. Um, more than anything in, in this next year. And I think it's easy for us to look around and say, you know, I could be like this former Miss Alabama or this former Miss Pennsylvania and sort of dictate the things we do and how we act based off of them. And I came to the realization this past year that every Miss Alabama, and this is so easy to think about, but it's just something that never clicked, but every Miss Alabama is so distinctly different. So why am I trying to be like the former one or, you know, previous Miss Alabamas? Like if, if I win Miss Alabama, girls will be looking at me for who I am, not <laughs> because I'm a mixture of all these different women. So um, that's what I'm really looking forward to is just being distinctly me and knowing that, um, I have proven to myself that I'm capable of, you know, this title and the organization. So well, I am just so beyond thrilled to have had the opportunity to meet you. I know that you were second runner up at Miss Alabama this year. I was yes. second runner up at Miss Pennsylvania this year. So we've got that kinship of the second runner <laughs> runners up club. There. It's there. And it's a fun club. I've met a lot of really <laughs> awesome people who have been in the top five club. And it is just, it is a bizarre experience, but it was the most rewarding. And I'm sure you feel the same way, but unfortunately our time is coming to an end. But before we leave, I want to ask you one last question. And that is what is one piece of advice that you would give to a young person that wants to create positive change in the world? Mm. I say this to a lot of different um, youth out there. And I always say, accept challenges in which you don't know if you'll succeed. I think our generation is um, so honed in on only doing things if they're going to succeed or what their image is like. And, um, you know, all those things that are intertwined of what people think of them. And I just have to say, it's so fun. It's, it's so fine to crash and burn and <laughs> to get back up and pull yourself up and do it again and again and strive for greatness, but also, you know, understand that greatness looks different in so many different ways. So I think the best way to do that is to put yourself out there and say yes to things in which like you couldn't even fathom for yourself and don't limit yourself to those opportunities. It's the moments that I said yes to trying out for something or applying for something um, that I realized that I could be capable of those things. And sometimes I got it and sometimes I didn't, but every single time that it was either a yes or a no, it was a growth. It was moving forward in one direction or the other. If you don't say yes, then you're going to stay sta or stagnant to, uh, to a lot of different things. So 
Oh my God. That I love that. That might be one of the best pieces of advice I've heard. That's the question we ask at the end of every episode. And so that may be my favorite piece of advice that I've heard. So let's live in a world where we crash and burn and we rise again. Yes, let's crash and burn (laughs) and then get back up. You're right. Yes. (laughs) But to our listeners, you can learn more about Ivy's mission of mentorship by following her on Instagram at Miss Historic Springville AL. Please check her out and watch her as she hopefully becomes next Miss Alabama. Learn more about how you can help achieve the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals by following us on Instagram at Sisters in Sustainability Podcast, and its sustainability starts with you. Join the hashtag SisPodNation today, and remember that sustainability really does start with you. Thanks for listening.